Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Friday morning, March the 13th in 2020 on When I Rise. And today, while we're in year A in the third Sunday of Lent, we're going to look at the gospel text. That's our practice at When I Rise. We tend to look at the gospel reading for the week on Fridays, uh, not because it's the last, but because it is the first. And so I will read some of this passage. Uh, This is a long passage for the week. It is a familiar tune. It's from John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. So instead of going on and on and on and putting you back to sleep or distracting you while you're driving, I want to paraphrase some of the story, read a bit of it, and then I'll provide some points of reflection and then lead us to a time of prayer uh, so that we can face our day having met with God through his word and through a time of prayer. So thanks for making us part of your Friday morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. All right, so in John chapter 4, verses 5 through 42, this is what we call uh, historically Jesus and the woman at the well. But there's a couple different things that we need to know. She's not just any ordinary woman, but she's a Samaritan woman who lives in the territory outside of Galilee. And there is a long and established beef between people like Jesus and people like the Samaritan woman. Jesus goes to a well, a water well, which would have been used by the whole community. People would have carried jars to it and to and from their household to have their water needs. It was important to have a water supply and it's such an arid place like this territory. John makes a note in verse 6. He says that uh, when Jesus sat down from his long journey, uh, it was about noon. And so think about like the heat of the day, the sun is in the air and then Jesus uh, would like to have a drink after a long walk. And so a Samaritan woman comes, and scholars note that this is probably an odd time of day for a woman to make her water errand. Usually they did it in the morning. They did it in packs so they could chat and catch up, but also have protection with one another. And so this woman is coming alone. Jesus has already parted ways with his disciples, and they went into a nearby village to get food uh, for provisions for their next few days. And Jesus and her... Uh, get into a long conversation and Jesus asked for a drink. Um, she is a bit uh, startled by this so- social taboo that Jesus is uh, committing here by talking number one to a woman but also uh, to a Samaritan woman since he's a foreigner. And so uh, they talk about theological things. Uh, Jesus makes great promises in verses 13 and 14. Uh, but Jesus uh, turns the conversation in verse 17. Uh, Verse 16 says, Go call your husband and come back. And it's revealed that Jesus somehow knows that perhaps the reason why this woman is going to this errand all alone is because she's not set up in the uh, family, the typical family structure of that community. I guess we could put it that way. She is honest. She says, I have no husband. And so Jesus said, You're right. When you say that you have no husband, verse 17, the fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband what you have just said is quite true so she confesses that Jesus appears to be a prophet by one who knows the ways of the Lord and Jesus gives her a foretelling then he talks about how they would not worship on the mountain or in Jerusalem but they would worship God in spirit and in truth and uh Verse 25, the woman is led on to something about who Jesus might be, a longing of their theological community. And 
The woman says, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So there's a cutaway where his disciples come back and she goes away to the village. And his disciples are a little bit dismayed by what's gone down. And they're not quite aware of what's going on. But she goes, uh, in the meantime, she goes to the village. She brings out everybody from the village. She announces that she might have just bumped into the Messiah. And Jesus stays there a couple of extra days. The whole town is restored. And they say of her that it's not just because of yours, but because we've experienced for ourselves, we know that he is the Savior of the world. And that's where the curtain closes. So quite a scene in John chapter 4. So let me give a couple points of reflection as we think about this, I think a couple things are important. Number one, uh, Jesus is crossing social boundaries in order to restore people. We see that as he goes to the territory of Samaria. Uh, this would have been something that good Jewish boys like him would not do if they wanted to please mom and dad. And so Jesus is extending further than most, than all, in order to help see the restoration of people far from God. Secondly, this was taking place in the middle of the noontime sun. and. That's certainly helpful for the story, helps fill in some of the context, but I think it's also a metaphor that John gives here. He says, just like a, a lamp that burns really bright, he's like, I want you to see what's going on here. And it is quite striking how much time is taken in the space of God's, uh, the space of John's gospel for this story that Jesus would just go on, that, or that John would go on and on and on about this one thing and its significance. I think, but most importantly is simply this. Here's a woman who obviously had uh, a lot of faults, she made a lot of mistakes. Uh, obviously, she's keeping to herself. She's not even pretending like she can befriend people because of her choices. She's not even pretending like people are going to be sincere to her face uh, and then maybe uh, manipulated behind her back. Uh, but here is uh, Jesus. She restores her, and she becomes the conduit for the restoration of many more people. And that is good news for you and I today. That no matter what we've done or who we've been, in our lowest of moments, we've been the most lost, the most unwise, the most selfish, the most bitter, the most angry, the most unruly, the most disappointing, that it's still not out of God's reach, and that maybe people have given up on us, but God doesn't, and He can still seek and save, and our life can be used uh, for, the, for the betterment, for the transformation of many others. And so I just want to pray a prayer of repentance and a prayer of transformation and a prayer of hope that God would use us in spite of all that we've done. He's seen it all, but even though he's seen it all, he still pursues us and he wants to restore us. And so may you and I receive that restoration and that grace this morning. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are quite aware that we are lost without you. Um, our first language entering into the faith is apology because we know that we have not measured up. And so, God, today we apologize again. We humble ourselves again and we ask, God, that you would have favor and restore us. God, we've hurt you. We've hurt others. We've had our lives um, have been overrun perhaps by shame and guilt because we have not become who we have desired to be. We fall way short, and we fall way short of the image that we know that you would like for us to be. And so, God, today we find ourselves in the face of this woman at the well, looking over her shoulders, um, second-guessing herself, perhaps, 
God, we have looked over our shoulders. We have second-guessed ourselves. And so, God, today we come to you, and uh, just like this woman, we don't hide. Uh, we don't try to spin it into something not as bad as the picture really is. And so, God, we, we humble ourselves to you this day. And, God, we thank you that uh, you receive us, and you restore us, that you forgive us, you separate us, our sins as far as the east is from the west. So, God, we pray that this wouldn't be the end, but that you would use our lives if you see fit. Uh, to see the transformation of many others so that glory could be brought to your name and that we'd, we would adorn the gospel with your goodness because we're not just asking other people to change, but we've been changed as well. We're honest about that. So God, forgive us, restore us, allow your Holy Spirit to transform us and make us new so that as you're making new creation all around us, we can be included in that great work. So God, start with us fresh and new today. Allow us to start over. Allow us to be made new. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.